right, guys, I'm so excited because I get to talk to you for just a couple minutes before I talk to your parents. Is that okay? Would that be all right? Just for a second, it's just like our own special time. So this one time, Jesus was about to start his ministry, and he had a whole bunch of people who wanted to follow him. And did you know that Jesus didn't just have adults who wanted to follow him, but he actually had kids who wanted to follow him? And not only that, but he loved it when the kids came up in front of the adults and he got to play with them and hang out with them and kind of leave their parents alone. Even though at the time, parents thought they were way more important than the kids, Jesus knew the truth, that kids are awesome. And he loved them and he loves you very, very much. So he goes up on this hillside and he teaches people the most important things about the universe. And do you want to know what the first thing he said was? He said this, Matthew 5, verse 3 says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In another translation it says, God blesses those who recognize their need for him, and he gives them his world. Now, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? How many of you guys are willing to admit that you're bad at something? That there's something that you want to do, that you try to do, and you're just not very good at it. Anyone? Anyone willing to admit that? Okay. Can I tell you a story about something that I'm really bad at? <laughs> yes, bowling. When I was roughly about four, four, maybe five years old, my mom took me to the bowling alley, and my friend Danny was an amazing bowler. He was so, so good at it. He, in fact, wanted to be a professional bowler. He didn't know at the time that that was a terrible career decision. <laughs> and I wanted to be as good as Danny because I wanted to be better than my friend. Have you ever been in a competition where you're with your friend where you want to be faster than them or you want to be stronger than them? So I wanted to be a better bowler than Danny. And Danny, he'd roll the, the ball and he'd knock down so many pins, sometimes even all of the pins. And his parents would, would cheer and get all excited. And so my mom took me to the bowling alley so that I could practice my bowling. Now, I did my very, very best. And do you want to know how many pins I got down the first time I threw the ball? Zero. And I was like, man, that, that was a mistake. I, I'm supposed to get these pins down. I got to be better than Danny. So I tried again. And you want to know how many pins I got down? Zero. I threw the ball so many times. And so many times, I didn't even knock a single pin down. Finally, mom said, well, maybe we could switch over to the lane where they put big marshmallows on the sides so that they don't go in the gutters. And I thought, I don't want to do that. That's not what Danny does. Danny throws the ball and he knocks the pins down every time. My mom wasn't cheering for me because I didn't knock any pins down, but she was trying to be encouraging. She said, Connor, it's okay that you're not good at bowling. You're good at lots of other things. And do you know what I said? I said, I am too good at bowling. I got the ball down the lane every single time. I felt so upset. Oh, <laughs> I felt so upset that mommy didn't acknowledge that I had thrown the ball down the lane every time that I went marching over to the janitor and I said, excuse me, sir, my mom says I'm not a very good bowler, but I am a good bowler. I got that ball down the lane every single time. The reality was I'm still not a very good bowler. I'm now an adult, I'm a fully grown adult, and I'm lucky if I knock even a single pin down. How many of you guys have been bowling? Have you ever been bowling before? Have you ever knocked a pin down? Then you are better at bowling than me. So congratulations. That's something that I'm bad at. 
Does anyone have something that they're bad at that they're willing to share? You're just not very good at it yet. You might get good at it later. Chloe. Singing. Okay, well, that's something that I'm working on too. Yeah. Being good to your brother when he's being rude to you. Okay. What about you? What's something that, what, and maybe we'll put it another way. Not what you're bad at. Oh, not what you're bad at, but what you're, what you're growing in. What are you growing in? That might be a better way of saying it. Yeah, Toby. What are you, what are you learning? Owies. Yes, no one is very good at owies. Owies make you cry really quickly. <laughs> Crazy goo. Anyone else? Anyone else? Are, uh, you're, you, something that you struggle with or something that you're not, not amazing at yet? Avai. Yeah. The first time I rolled, I didn't even think maybe I'm getting bowled over. The first time you bowled, you didn't knock any pins over? Thanks. Well, you came by that honestly, but you're going to be better than me for sure. <laughs> Patience. Dancing. I, you know what? I think you're probably better than you think you are. But I, I understand. We're all growing at that. And that's another thing that I am not very good at. And most, most dads aren't, at least not here anyway. Um, so this is what Jesus says to us. Jesus says this to us. Jesus says that when we're poor in spirit, what that means is we know that we need to grow in some areas. We know that there's some things that we're not good at. And we know that there's some needs that we have. And God says, hey, guess what? My whole world belongs to you. Even if you aren't a good singer or a good bowler or a good dancer, even if you're not good at being spiritual, my world belongs to the people who aren't the best at everything. It's not for the fastest or the strongest or the prettiest or the, or the most interesting or the funniest. My world belongs to those who know who they are and who recognize their own needs. What does it mean to recognize your own need? Well, for example, sometimes when you feel a little bit grumpy, what you actually need is a little bit of food in your tummy. How many of you have ever felt really grumpy and then you have lunch and you're like, oh my goodness, I feel happy all of a sudden. And it was like the grilled cheese just solved all my problems. Has that happened to anybody? Sometimes, sometimes you feel really sad and you're like crying and your mom and dad say this. They say, you need to go to bed. And when they say that, does it make you very happy? No. When mom and dad say you need to go to bed, that doesn't feel very good, but they're recognizing that your heart has a need that you might not notice yet. And guess what? When you go to sleep, you wake up and you suddenly feel happier than when you were crying when you went to bed. Do you remember that? Has that ever happened to you? One time I was spending time with Jesus and I was very sad. I was like, Jesus, I am just not a very good person. I just have so many bad things in my heart. I'm just so messed up. I was being very hard on myself. And so Jesus said, okay, why don't you spend some time with me? So I said, okay, I'm going to spend time with Jesus, and I'm going to be super spiritual. So I went to my bedroom, and I kneeled by my bed, and I decided that I was going to pray for hours and hours, like six TV shows worth of just praying to Jesus. I knew I was going to run out of things to say, but I was going to prove that I was super spiritual. And I didn't know that Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And you know what happened? Jesus said, I'm going to do some heart surgery on you. And immediately I fell asleep. And what I realized was that I was actually not sad. I was just cranky because I didn't have a nap. And when I woke up at 21 years of age, I felt better. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. Here's Jesus' messages for us today. Jesus' message is this. Even if you're not the best at everything, even if you're not the best at everything, God's world, heaven, belongs to you. You don't have to be the best to get God's world. 
You don't have to get, be, be the best to be loved by God, but you get to experience his world when you know what you need. If you get sad or you get mad and you don't know the words to say, maybe your parents can help you. And they might say this, what do you need? And you can ask your heart. You can say, heart, what do I really need right now? And you know what? In God's world, God will find a way to get that to you. Whether it's grilled cheese or a nap or some playtime or maybe space from your brother or sister, God will find a way to get you what you need, okay? All right. Okay, th so this is a very different style of service for those of you who might be visiting us. Um, first of all, uh, you know, these, are, these family services are a new experiment. Uh, I was recently visiting a church in Regina, and at this church, it was probably almost double our size, and they called the kids forward, and there was four children. And I was like, wow, that is not our problem, that we have the opposite problem. We understand what the Lord meant when he said, be fruitful and multiply. We are just being obedient to the Lord in that regard. And we just want to create a culture that supports and sustains family because the family unit, family, there is both the spiritual family as we walk together in community, but then natural families are part of God's plan for uh, raising a generation to sustain and to carry what God has given us, okay? And so we want to create a culture that supports that. Oh. I am so sorry to announce, uh, one of these chocolates has peanut butter in it. It's the gold one. I'm, we're just discovering this now. So if people have a peanut allergy, I apologize. Again, we're, we're figuring this out as we go. Um, but God also heals, and we have an EpiPen in, in the building. So this is the most awkward announcement I've ever had to give. I just wanted you to know that. Okay. All right. So, we're going to turn in our Bibles to the exact same place, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 1. These family services, we're going to break the Beatitudes down one by one. So this will be kind of the polar opposite of last week, where I took far too long to say far too much about the nature of Christ. Um, that was like the most sermon I've ever preached. <laughs> um, and this will be uh, mercifully shorter. Because Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. See, it's right there in the scriptures. Matthew 5 verse 1 says this, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. I said this at the beginning of service, but I want to remind you again. The book of Matthew goes out of its way to compare Jesus to Moses. Jesus is like a new lawgiver. Jesus is coming not only to fulfill the covenant of Abraham, Jesus is coming the same way Moses came to the people of Israel in the wilderness. He is going to go up on a mountainside and he is going to teach the people God's will and God's way. But Moses is bringing down a tablet that at least the first version was written by the hand of God. The second version was written down by Moses. Jesus is God. And there is a difference. So oftentimes throughout the book of Matthew, and even in this sermon, Jesus will say something and he'll say, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Right? So for example, you have heard it said, you must not commit adultery. But I say to you that if you even look at another person with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery with them. 
right? What is Jesus doing? Jesus is superseding the authority of Moses with his own authority. He is not doing away with Moses' law, but he's actually focusing the heart and the intention of God's commandments because this isn't the message God shared with Moses. This is God speaking for himself. It always, it always tickles me when I hear Christians talking about how they want to get the Ten Commandments into schools and courthouses. And the reason why it tickles me is the Ten Commandments are the summary, the easy-to-memorize summary of what Moses gave to the people of Israel. But it would be far more suitable for Christians to put the Beatitudes up. The reason why we don't is because it doesn't really work to put up blessed are the merciful in a courthouse. It doesn't work to put up blessed are the peacemakers in a barracks. God's world is focused around these values that don't contradict anything he's given to us, but rather they give us the heart and the intention of the way God's world works. And we're only going to talk about one today. Same one we talked about with the kids. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now in the Gospel of Luke, we have the Sermon on the Plain, which is like the Sermon on the Mount, except it's in some ways because it's... Uh, I know this sounds kind of cheesy, but it's like because it's on the plane, it's, it's like more relatable. It's more, it's like the same sermon, but it's applied to the way the real world works. And in the sermon on the plane, Jesus says, blessed are the poor, not blessed are the poor in spirit. But the heart of the matter is still the same. God honors, God um, gives life and strength to those who are aware of their need for him. Another way of saying this is, Blessed are the poor at being spiritual. For God's world belongs to them. Churches attract and keep people who are good and getting better at being spiritual. Churches attract and keep the people who are good and getting better at being spiritual. And built into our thinking is actually a perversion of the truth, which is, if I'm walking in God's way, I need to be making incremental improvements to my life. It's natural to think this way because self-will and self-help have so saturated our culture that it feels wrong and like a contradiction to say it's good to be poor at being spiritual. I told the story of me wanting to pray to work on my heart and then falling asleep on purpose, not just to get a laugh and not just to relate to the children because I don't think any of your four-year-olds are locking themselves in their room and praying to uh, fix their own bad behavior. I told that story because it is insightful to not just how I struggle, but I think to how a lot of us struggle, which is that we don't actually trust that death and resurrection brings grace to our lives. We think God saves us to set us on a journey of self-improvement. And some of us in the world are actually avoiding church. How many, how many times have you heard this? I gotta get my life cleaned up before I come to church. I swear and drink and smoke too much for all you people. Why do, why do people feel uncomfortable being themselves with us? 
because we have accidentally created a culture where those who are good at being spiritual rise to the top. And those who are bad at being spiritual just need to try harder. Or they could be at the bottom. And that's exactly what Jesus wants. The people at the bottom get to be at the top. Jesus said the last are going to be first. Right? We know how that works in our house. I will say, I will say, which one of you wants the iPad first? Me, 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 me. And I will say, which one of you wants to serve your sibling? And suddenly, both hands go down, and then they think about it. And then both of them, most often have I, but sometimes Gracie will go, they can have it first. Do I get a reward now? <laughs> and I say, yes, you do. <laughs> but sometimes, no. That is also true. Poor in spirit is such a great place to start because poor in spirit is the heart of the kingdom of God. It's the heart of the kingdom of heaven's culture, which is that God is not looking for you to be a professional at spirituality. He's not looking for you to be better at fasting and praying. He's not looking for you to be more skilled at reading your Bible. Are these things good things? Yes, they're good things. But you, can act, you cannot actually make incremental improvements to your life through self-will. You have participated in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And as you grow in an awareness of what God is really like, as you behold him, you realize that he has made you like him. What this means is, is that the people who are the least qualified are actually the most qualified. What this means is that prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners, people who, who know that they have problems in their life, they follow Jesus and they connect with him a lot quicker than the Pharisees who've memorized their Bible well enough to know that Jesus couldn't possibly be the Messiah. Most of the time, the persecution, most of the time, the resistance, most of the time, the challenge that comes to what God really wants to do by his spirit doesn't actually come from the world. It comes from spirits and principalities in the world, but worldly people actually don't have a, a, a problem with Jesus. They really like Jesus. It's, it's the most religious among us. It's the most talented at being spiritual that really struggle with how gracious Jesus is. So my message today is simple. Let's be poor in spirit. Let's not be proud of our spiritual accomplishments. Let's not hide our vulnerability. You can't acknowledge what your heart really needs. You can't recognize your need for God if you're choosing to avoid all forms of vulnerability. You know what I've really appreciated? I've had the chance to walk with some people who struggle with sin. And what I really appreciate is when people don't use religious language to confess their sin. Here's an example where we promote being a professional over being poor in spirit. Yeah, brother, you know, I just, uh, I just, you know, the, I felt like, you know, uh, the devil came and, and there, was some, there was some temptation. But, you know, praise God, brother, I shut that door. And, uh, you know, I'm just walking in victory. But I, it's like... It's all lay. It's just spirituality meant to cover. It's like I drank too much. I got a little drunk. I feel bad about it, but I don't know what to do. 
Do you want to know, do you want to know why the 12-step program in all of its forms has taken off worldwide? It's not because it's a perfect form of church, but it's because they've built a society around the idea of being poor in spirit, recognizing a heart need and being willing to be vulnerable with one another in spite of the fact that it might ruin our reputation and our persona with one another. If you're here and you're hiding, and if you're here and you feel like you're not good enough, I'm, I'm here to tell you as a leader in this community, we would like you to be yourself. Even if it feels scary, and even if it creates messes. We have had a person who Crime Stoppers wanted in the same service with the head of Crime Stoppers. And I'm at the piano, and I see him, and I see him, and I think, if I ask them to greet one another before I start this song, there could be an arrest before the service is over. <laughs> greet one another, but don't move too far out of your rows. And you at the back there, you got a 30-second head start. Go! <laughs> like, we have people who can't buy their groceries and millionaires in the same room. We have all kinds of people. We have people who struggle with addiction, and we have people who have been sober for many years. We have all kinds of people in this room. That's what it means to be a body. But we won't actually know the strength and the grace of God and the mercy of God applied to our lives until we show up as ourselves in vulnerability, acknowledging our own heart's need and acknowledging the fact that we actually suck at being spiritual. It's those of us who think we have it together that they are the ones that don't receive Jesus. The Pharisees come to Jesus when he's dining with tax collectors and prostitutes and they say, why, why are you eating and drinking with them? Jesus says, do physicians come to the healthy or the sick? You have to understand, Jesus is not saying that they're healthy. He's saying that he can only treat those who acknowledge that they're sick. <laughs> So the Pharisees are going, those people. I can't believe you'd spend time with those people. And Jesus is going, I'm with those people because you don't realize you are those people. In fact, you're kind of worse because you clean the outside of the tomb, but the inside stanks. So what does this mean for us as we raise families in the kingdom? What it means is if you're struggling to do family devotions, welcome to real life. If you're a parent who's trying to raise your kids in the kingdom, it's really difficult. Like we do soaking time and it turns into tickle time followed by crying, followed by I'm in the pantry needing a snack and I'm like, Leisha, come back here. We need to focus on raising our kids. (laughs) But it's like you're not going to be good at this and that's the point. It's like I wish I were better at this. I feel that force inside me. I'm like, I wish I were better at this. I wish I were better at raising my kids to know the Lord. Oh, I forgot to pray for them when I laid them down again. What's wrong with me? It's like I can put so much pressure on myself to perform as both a pastor and a parent. And I can measure my life based on how good or bad I am at something I feel like God wants me to do. But if the kingdom actually begins by us acknowledging that we're poor in spirit, what it means that is, for the most part, we're going to suck at this. And that's okay. The book of Acts doesn't say, and the disciples spent three years with Jesus and they were amazing at everything from then on. And everyone looked up to them. It actually says, 
These are uneducated, untrained men. We know these guys are idiots, but there's something going on with them. So in humility, we might start and end in weakness. In humility, grace might always be sufficient for us. In humility, we may never graduate from childlikeness. But if we're willing to embrace poverty of spirit, if we're willing to embrace our own limitations or our own need, what ends up happening is we discover the grace that God has given us to be transformed by His Spirit, not by our effort. 